All right, so here we are, podcast number three, placebo uh, podcast number three. Vance, uh, thanks for staying with us. Yeah, what's up, man? And staying focused. I love it. You're just yeah. I'm focused in on this one. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I, interestingly enough, listen, a lot of the stories of placebo journal, well, 99% were not mine, but this comes from. I'm going to tell a story. I'm not actually going to read it. I'm going to tell it, um, and it's, I think it will talk more about. It's about med school a little bit, but this was the issue. Um, it was the uh, 2002 uh, issue, and uh, your personal growth is nothing to sneeze at. It has a big nose with little P- P- PJ, you know, whatever polyps. And so, um, can you believe it's been 22 years that's ago? Man? 22 fucking years ago. Oh my god. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, and so this story. You have to do the Wayne's World. It goes to this is 30 years ago, 1993. <laughs> and uh, so here's how it goes. I'm a third year and I'm on OB. I don't know what I'm going to do for a living. I'm, I'm OB rotation. I told you before, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson County Hospital was just the Wild West, right? So I mentioned it before, but I actually reread it that I remember seeing uh, someone getting breech twins being delivered. That they just ran and they, they came in the ER with breech twins hanging out and they were able to pull that off. OK, no anesthesia, just on the bed. That's the kind of stuff I saw. But OB was insanely rough rotation. And, and it wasn't like it was a cowboy mentality. Right. You know, people are all good old boy. It wasn't. Boys, it was women too. Whoever was the head resident, you saw the attending for an hour, right? But you saw the the resident, and the, the women were worse. They would just brutalize you on this rotation. So you would get there at five, get there at five, and this is a dangerous place, right? So women had to be mostly, if they in the dark, they had to be escorted out to their car because of violence that was going on, right? Because you know you don't want anybody staring you down when you're coming out of your car. You don't know what's going to happen, and that's the that's the kind of stuff going on in that in that hospital. So the rotation was brutal, and I got beat up a lot. So it was 36-hour calls in med school. So today they don't do that, right? I mean, they don't, they're not doing 36 hours as medical students. Um, not as students. No, not, not even residents. They're holding them back on, on the hours, I believe. I'm sure they're playing around. They, they are. What happens is I think a lot of residents fight against it, and they, they do the long shifts anyway because they have stuff right. to learn. And they probably and, falsify and that's the their thing, work though. So my criticism of this is not really of – I love the learning, right? It was incredible learning. You, you get some rotations which suck. And as a medical student, you want to just eat that stuff up and learn and do things. So they would scut work you. For people don't know, they would just make you do unbelievable cleaning blood, pulling pulling blood, cleaning gross things, whatever you had to do to make you work. So I'm on my OB rotation. So it's and I'm not sure this is it's an, it's an interesting story more than a, a funny story. So I'm in I'm on my last week. And I get this guy named Joe, who's the uh, chief resident, and he is an absolute dick. Okay, he's six two, pretty boy, uh, multiple affairs, even though he's married. Just the girls would just swoon over him, but he fucking hated me. Okay, and he was gonna torture me, and I there was no interactions. Only time I was on with him one night before my last night, uh, I did tell him my past histories. Now my past history is not normal for a person in medical school. You know, I went to UVA, but I wrestled Division One. I. I actually boxed in college. I took, I was an All-American, took third. 
Then I went to Houston to become a pro, was realizing like getting hit. But I mean, I worked with pros. I sparred with uh, middleweight champs. I, I, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't great, but I, you know, I, I can hold my own. And I told some of my history with this guy because I worked with this organization, this boxing organization for a few years and some of the major fights I was in. So he knew my history, but he just said I, he hated me more. So he would just rip me. For that last week, it was torture. And he would mock me. And then, and then even on the last night, of call, he would page me every time he said, you can go to bed 15 minutes to meet, like to get, get him a pencil. And I'd have to get up and yeah. get him a pencil. I'd go back I had a resident like that when I was a student. I, man, that's the worst. I've been through that exact same thing. Unbelievable. Well, so here's my, here's where it turns. <laughs> so, um, uh, I decide, okay, you know what? I'm done. I got to get a good grade. So I finish up and I said, okay, I'm done with this guy. And, um, I go to the head of the OB, the, the head guy. This guy's a major player in the world of OB. And I said, listen, this guy, but it's a cowboy world. I said, this guy's been doing this. I don't want him to do anything else to me, or I don't want you to tell who the guy is. I'm not going to mention his name, but, you know, you should really what tell me what to do because I, I others are going to be tortured by this guy well. And he goes, well, if I was you, I would, in a Southern, I would handle this man to man and on your own. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do anything. I'm done. I'm going to surgery rotation. And uh, on surgery rotation, like the first week, I go happen to be going by the uh, OB area, and there's this motherfucker with his new group. And he stops that our group who was walking by, and, and he says, hey, little Dougie, how you doing? Are you tired? Are they working you too hard? And like, all those groups giggling and laughing, and then we stop, and... And he starts going some more. What's the, what's the matter, Doug? You got a little problem? Didn't, didn't, like, didn't like working hard? And he just continues to mock me. I'm like, all right, okay, that's it. Now I'm done. I'm off his rotation. The grades are in. He can't do anything. And I let this fester. And then I said, you know, not, not doing this anymore. So I stalk him. <laughs> and I find him in a hallway uh, uh, on the OB floor one time by himself. And I run over there. Now he's six two. I'm five seven and a half. It doesn't matter because I just I am fuming. I said, "Listen, dude. Yeah, what's the problem?" I said, "If you ever fucking talk to me again, say a goddamn word. I will beat the living shit out of you, and you better hope somebody's around, okay? Because I'm gonna beat you to your dead, and I will not stop until they pull me off." And he starts crying. What? What did I do? What did I do? I said, "You know what you did." You say, you, you constantly mock me. I'm done with your rotation, and you continue. So I'm telling you, this is your last chance. I'm, 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 you're risking your life if you ever say a word to me at all. So as that, he starts literally crying. What did I do? What do I do? Like, come on, dude. Now you're a tough guy, right? It's unbelievable, right? Just un some guy's a tough guy. You get in his face. So I walk down the hallway. I turn right, and then another resident starts seeing him crying. And then they start talking. And then the other resident runs down the hallway and screams down the hallway to me, show some respect. And I'm like, yeah, fucking right, show some respect. So I'm in the dean's office the next day. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I got sent to the dean. Of course. And the dean says, um, uh, yeah, this is a major problem. Uh, so we're going to have to, you know, you can't be doing that, blah, 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 blah. So they send me to the uh, the OB, head of OB again, another head of OB, not the one I saw before. And he says, listen, you're going to need to do some anger counseling. This was uh, totally inappropriate. I said, you got it. And that was it. They let me off. That was, I was done. But the best part was I would wait in the parking lot <laughs> and just wait for this guy to walk out. 
And all I would do is just stare at him. I just keep staring at him as he walked by and just stare at him. And he just would not, he would look at me and walk away. That was, the, that. there's your respect. That's the garbage that was going on. That probably doesn't happen again as much today. Uh, but the beauty was uh, uh, he got what was coming to him. I think I scared the living crap out of him. And I would have killed him too. I swear to God. Dude, you're not going to sit there and mock me. I'm not going to live my life walking around. Hopefully I don't see him so he can mock me in front of his minions. What was your story with your resident? Well, yeah, it's here's a, just real quick. You said that, you know, I, you wonder if that happens as much, you know, these days with, you know, resident students or, or residents and chief residents or attendings of residents or whatever the pecking order is. I, I, I think the pecking order still exists. I, you know, I'm not, I'm pretty far removed from academia. I'm out here in the rural areas. I still teach, but I just, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, they send a student out here one at a time. And it's, you know, we, we have a really, uh, we have a great rotation where the students are treated like equals and we give them an opportunity to really see what they can do and stuff. We don't have that. Uh, I always call it education by fear and intimidation. And in your case, like belittling and all that, like, yeah. I never thought that was a good way of doing things, but I think that still happened. Now, whether it's as bad as it was, I don't know. It definitely was a real thing in my day as well. I, I trained after you, but it was, you know, tw more than 20 years ago now or whatever. So I don't know that the story, my resident story is similar. It doesn't have the same ending with me threatening yeah, the life of a six, resident. You're six, seven. Also the resident that treated me that way was a female and okay. you can't just go like no, threaten no, no, the life of them, no, uh, no. of a, of a, a diminutive woman when you're a, <laughs> right, right, a right. Sasquatch like me. So, right. but it was the same thing. It was, it, and it's it happened to me twice. Um, with one resident, it was a surgery resident who had a reputation for just being super mean to everybody, you know, and she was just so, so mean to me. And I, I don't know if I've told you the story. Uh, we didn't publish this story. Uh, it, 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 it gets my emotions going so much that I don't think I ever wanted to put it, put it in the, in the journal, but, um, it started on the very first day of uh, my third year rotation, which happened to be my first surgery rotation when the surgical ICU rounding and the way they did things, they, they paired us off with two students and one resident. And so it was funny because I'm, as, as you know, I'm, many of our readers know I'm six, seven at the time I was 320 pounds and they put me with the other student who was this, this really short um, Indian girl who was like five foot 10 you know, like or, or, or four foot 10, she was like 90 pounds. And people joked around because they, the, the biggest and smallest medical, medical students were our, right, was right, our right. team. And they put us with this particular resident and she was a third year uh, surgery resident who was just so mean. She always had this chip on her shoulder. Like she had something really hard to prove, you know? And, um, and she wanted us, I'm going to be honest. She just wanted us to say good things and stroke her ego, which was insatiably hungry. Like there was no amount of ego, of, 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 of accolades that she could be given that would be sufficient to make her feel right. adequate. She had a major insecurity problem. And so anyway, we were on rounds. It was the very first day of my third year rotation. And um, we were on the surgical ICU. We see this patient and we're out there early in the morning. And one of the nurses, a very experienced surgical ICU nurse in her 50s, she's been you know, an SICU nurse for you know, whatever, 20 or 30 years, tons of experience for all of us to humble ourselves and learn from, right? A medical student, even a resident and an attending, we all can learn things from each other. Like we're not better than each other. Let's be a team, you know? And this, this nurse was very good and she knew her stuff, you know? Well, um, uh, to protect the innocent here or the guilty, uh, we'll say that this resident's name was, uh, we'll say it's Stephanie. And um, the, we make rounds and we're on, we're on, the, on the wards there in, this, in, the, in the SICU and 
this nurse walks up to us and she says, Hey, Stephanie, I just wanted you to know I uh, left the bandages off of, you know, Mr. Smith in room four there. Uh, Cause I know you guys are about to go see him and then let me know when you guys are done with rounds and I'll redress all of his wounds. It was very, very kind, very respectful and very considerate because the nurse could have easily just redressed it. And then we'd have to go in and remove all the dressings right. five right, minutes right. later and all that, you know? Yeah. And so we go in there, we see Mr. Smith in room three and we do, do our rounds and then we move on. And uh, <laughs> like, 30 or 40 minutes later, we've seen a couple of other patients and we're, you know, half a mile down the hall and this resident just stops in her tracks. Like, like she glitched out of the matrix. She just stops. And then she looks at me and the other medical student and she goes, is it me or did that nurse just call me Stephanie? Like a half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and you know, so let's be honest. What did she want us to say? She wanted us to be like, "Oh yeah, what an yeah. inconsiderate, you know, right, right. you know, she doesn't know her place. How rude!" You know, she wanted us to feed that ego trip that, by right. God, you call her doctor, right? And remember, this is my first day of third year. I know the pecking order. I know it's my job to stroke her very fragile ego. Right. That's not how I roll, man. There's just no way. I would never be able to live with myself knowing yeah. that I fed that kind of hubris and that kind of pride because right. it's that kind of pride in physicians that kills people. Right. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. We need to be able to admit that we are equal to other people and what right. we don't know. Say those words. I don't know all that. And so instead of stroking her ego, I, I permanently damaged my with one sentence, I permanently damaged my, my medical academic career because I knew it was going to hurt me. I mean, like I knew I was going to take some major damage from this, and I did it anyway. I said, quote, I'm, I can remember this like it was yesterday. I said, well, well, first of all, that was like 30 minutes ago. Because she goes, did that, nur- you know, did that nurse just yeah, call right. me? Stuff? I was like, well, first of all, that was like 30 minutes ago. And isn't that your name? <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Like she turned the color of my shirt, smoke coming out of her ears. She went nuclear. I did not go to medical school to be called right. Stephanie. Blah, blah, blah. And then she starts, she went off on, she starts just praising herself with her academic accolades. Like in our medical school, she went to the same med school I did. They have a, a an award that that's given in second year during the didactics for the top student in the microbiology uh, class. Don't know why, but some some professor back in time made a, a, a trophy, some kind of 100 bucks, I don't know, whatever, that every year, whoever the top student is in microbiology wins this little trophy and gets 100 bucks or whatever. It, like, I didn't know much about it. I didn't care. I knew there was no way I was winning the top micro. Right. I, so Stephanie, you won it. She won it when she was a second year. Like this would have been like five years, six years ago. She's like, I didn't go to medical school to be called Stephanie, and I didn't win that thing and go all my to win that trophy in micro. I mean, just and me, 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 all the things I did. And I was like, Oh man, this is gonna be so bad. And so from then on, it was on like Donkey Kong. It was like you said, like you got to study for your shelf exams during in between, like when you can yeah. find just a moment. Because back then it was every other night, all night call for yeah. trauma surgery. And then all morning you're in surgery. Before that, you're making rounds. You make rounds again afterwards. Like, there's no time. And so, like, when you get a few minutes, like, I got to go up to the call room and I got to study for the shelf exams coming up. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's important. You should go do that. And I'd go up there 
you know, I'm way behind on studying. I get out all my stuff and I mean like clockwork. I mean, you could set your watch to it. This is before cell phones. Cause I'm old like yeah, you. It was, pager, and right? it was pager, right? So you yeah. go up there and you could set your watch to it. I get my books out. I'd sit down at the desk in the call room and just get started into something and then beep, 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 beep. And it's on, and it's, it's the resident. I, and she's like, well, you know, I've been thinking, I really think we need to look at Mr. So-and-so's labs again. Can you go back down and round on him again or do this? So I was scut work of some kind every day. And I, you know, I, I, maybe I have my own problem with pride, but I refused to let her win. So I did it. Like I would do all the work. Right. Well, you got no choice. It's you can't fail. To cram. You're not going to fail. What's that? You're not going to fail. You have no choice but to do whatever they tell you to do. That's the thing people don't understand. It literally, yeah. you you will fail, and then then you're in trouble. I mean, you got to redo it or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was really bad at the, at the you, end. You, think, I, you know, I talked. You think that uh, because she's a, I could see. I'm I'm, I'm not taking her side, but mm-hmm. maybe I'm just going to throw this out at you because this is the problem. Because surgery is tough for women, not for women, but no, I, a, I get it. It's a, it's a tough. It was a tough job to break into because it was a male-dominated uh, uh, position, and especially 20, 30 years ago, women were not getting it. Luckily, now it's probably even. But a lot of surgeons, you know, it was a really a definitely. If you want to a cowboy, good old boy that. stuff. The other thing is, so for her to be on that was tough. And then I'm wondering if she's like, okay, maybe because she they, she thinks that the, they call the other male doctors, Doctor Smith. And they call her Stephanie because she's another woman. And that is, you know, something that even the, the women nurses don't respect her enough. Maybe that was, I'm just, I'm giving pushback. Yeah, no, and the, the, my, my cousin was one of the nurses on the, on the SICU. And she told me about like all the, the very, very offensive nicknames all the nurses had for this, this resident. Like they, you're right. They all hate each other. And you're right. She's in a man's world and having to be defensive and all that. But it's more than just, oh, you have to call me Dr. Steph, Dr. Whatever, you know. Um, I'll give you an example. One time we extubated a dude. This dude had been intubated for a couple of weeks. He'd been very sick. He's getting better. We finally get a chance to extubate him. And as you know, and many of our listeners or readers will know, like when you extubate someone who's been intubated for that long, like their mouth, their entire oral cavity is like the Sahara Desert. It's dry and parched and cracked. It's the worst. And they, you get that tube up out of your airway and you can finally talk a little bit and you can breathe you know, on your own. And like there is one thing that you, you want, and that's just a little bit of water. Like it's like being in the desert. And right, right. And we're standing in this room, and right outside the door of the of his SICU room is one of those machines that's like water and ice. Right there. Like it's ten I mean, it's ten feet away. It's right there, <laughs> a big stack of cups next to it. Right. And this guy's like, Water, you know, water. Just you know, can I get a little water? And I mean, I'm ten feet away. And I'm like, Yes, sir, right away. I can, you know. You know, even yeah. if it's just the swab thing or whatever, yeah. well, you need some moisture. Absolutely, sir. And I turn around to go 10 feet away and get a cup of water for this dude. And uh, Stephanie stops me. And she's like, where the heck do you think you're going? You know, and I'm like, this guy is the, the definition <laughs> of parched. I'm just going to get right. him a little bit of water. And she's like, that's the nurse's job. And like, yeah. she wouldn't let me do it. And then another time we ran, we rounded on a dude. He wasn't in his room. We were in a hurry because we had to get to surgery. And he was down in radiology getting some kind of a bladder study done. So they had done the thing where they, you know, put a ton of uh, a ton of fluid in his bladder and pumped it up with some dye and stuff. And he is in the in the hallway having gotten this this thing, and they haven't let him pee yet. And we go down there to round on. We're in a hurry because we got to get to surgery. 
and we need to do his exam. And this guy is in agony with like a basketball sized bladder, just asking, can I pee real quick before you round on me and do my exam and all that? And she's like, you just have to hold it. We have got, we're doctors and we have places we have to be. And this poor guy was just trying to everything he could to not pee himself. And th- this attitude, it was that all of that. It's, that's my point. It's not just the one thing yeah, of, yeah, Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, I didn't go to medical school to be called Stephanie. It, 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 I actually have, this is back in the Palm pilot days before cell phones. I had a Palm. Yeah. I actually had a notepad, a notepad entry on my Palm in all caps. The title of the notepad was things I will not do as a doctor. And yeah. it was by learning by neg- negative example. I just wrote down behavior from that resident that I'm like, I'm not going to do that whenever I have a patient to serve, you know. And, you know, th- to be fair, that's one way to learn, right? Learn how not to do it. But it's anyways. interesting that, that I guess we I mean, circle around. So, yeah, I mean, that's so we start with the guy that was the uh, Mr. Ego with me. And, and right. I think I, I think I guarantee I change him. But so this is back in the 90s. You got to think this world of medicine has changed a lot for the better, sometimes for the, a lot for the worse. But because you still need mm-hmm. a hierarchy in this other. So a pendulum always swings back in the um, uh, 70s. So when when I was in Maine, um, we uh, uh, Hawkeye, the guy who was wrote MASH, Hawkeye Pierce, he was from Maine. He had been. Oh, yeah. He had just died. That's Alan Alda's character, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. But Alan Alda was, Alan Alda was really a lot of fun. If you go to the real, mm-hmm. the first movie, it's a little darker. And then he was yeah. darker. And like my, yeah. I, in resident, in residency, my, uh, one of the MAs, no, one of the nurses used to work for him. Like he was the most sexist, grab, ass grabbing, just most inappropriate in the world, right? He was a very... Oh, you mean the doctor that that character is based on in real life? He is that wrote it. The guy he even wrote, I, I can't remember his name. He wrote MASH and and is on okay. him. And, and MASH was a true story. You know, most mm-hmm. of all of it was a true. And so one time, he was such a rough dude. This is surgery. So they were like, you know, I mean, this very... It wasn't, uh, you know, he was touchy-feely Alan Alda character, not not the real Hawkeye. And I remember mm-hmm. doing another rotation at the VA. Oh, I did it. Was it, it was, no, it wasn't the VA. It was um, workers' comp. And the old doctor there was a character in that book. He was in Vietnam with, it was Vietnam, no, it was, uh, it was Korean War, with, with uh, Hawkeye. And they were, had been friends. And he says, dude, you have, you have, didn't say dude, but you have no idea what this guy was like and how, I mean, it was, and he remembers, he tried to get him at a job later on in life, in workers' comp. And so he got a job for the workers' comp. And some, and this is a true story too, 100%, the guy told me, lady came in long story wanting to get you know disability and uh so the whoever i forget his name the guy was hawkeye he wrote he got fired for this um he it was the 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 right yeah it's like a 20 page report you got to do for disability you know that right i mean you got to write those forms up for someone disabled this percentage low this percentage low all he wrote was three sentences um this lady comes in for disability for her hands period uh heck period she can squeeze the tits off a yak period <laughs> done and <laughs> get fired i say that inappropriately whatever but that's a true story and that was just three sentences they had to, they had to get rid of him that's the guy from met i think he died pretty lonely i don't know his full story i think i don't no one's ever written his full story but the guy there was a character i won't tell you character his name in the book because it was actually a very offensive name now but um he was in that whole world and we used to go there and talk about mash but yeah this guy was just 
uh, insane. That world, surgically world, is still insane. I'll bet you it's not that much better. It's got to be a little bit. I think there's more mm-hmm. women, which hopefully helps. But um, that was my OB is basically ro- surgery rotation. They're surgeons first. I mean, I don't, you know, especially uh, the ones we were, the rounds we did. My surgery rotations were just as crazy, but not as threatening as when I had this dude. So, yeah, I think um, people don't know how hard you freaking work in medical school, how much you get abused. And then yeah. at resident, it's all on your shoulders. Uh, and I know I was much nicer to my uh, medical students. I'm sure you are, too, even now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, yeah. So that's how you change things. You know, I, I, you know, we yeah, had fun. That was a, like I said, the whole education by fear and intimidation. I mean, it, it works. I mean, that's how the SEALs train, right? That's how all of these, right. you know, that's it makes you hard and all that. And I get it. it. I just, it's not my preferred way of learning. And so I learned it, I learned it as a way not to learn. So I've always been, I've run pretty much the opposite. Now I don't let students walk over me and just, you know, show up when they want, they still have, you know, they're still expectations for, you know, right, how, right, how they right. get things done and all that. But, but I, but you know, I just wanted to learn how to say those words. I don't know. And I'll be supportive and help them figure stuff out or whatever. I think it's a lot, personally, I think it's a better way to learn, but I don't, I'm not saying that the old school ways don't work. And there's a way, there's a reason the military does it that way and stuff. Yeah. I get it. Did you ever run into that uh, during your family medicine training? That's another unique place where you see, you mentioned the OB training. Did you ever run into it during your OB training as a being, well, maybe at the time you didn't know what you were going to do. But we ran into that. All of us who had already determined that we were going to go into family medicine when we were in medical school, um, we ran into a lot of that uh, hostility from OB residents if they knew we were going to be family doctors. Oh, no, they OB. hated you. Everybody hated you. Yeah. yeah oh, man. You, you can never tell you in family medicine because they look down upon right. family medicine. But see, uh, again, I don't have that filter. I can't sit there and act like I'm not, I'm somebody I'm not, just like I wasn't going to stroke that other doctor's ego. Yeah. Whenever we started our family, our, uh, our OB rotation, first thing the residents asked us on the first day was, you know, what do you guys want to do? What do you, you know, and I was like, I'm going to be a, small town doctor and full spectrum. I'll be doing OB and everything. And so I've really been looking forward to the OB rotation. And I mean, then the hate started flying because like family <laughs> doctors don't have any business delivering babies yeah, and, you know, oh, and there's the turf yeah. war and all that. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so now they weren't mean to me in the way that that surgery resident was, they were just super hard. Like you're going to fail. You're not as smart as us. You can't do right. the work we do or whatever. So all that did is harden my resolve to like bust my butt even more. And I like, I mean, I worked, you know, whatever, 17 hour days day in day out like i was the first volunteer for everything i'm not i'm not trying to say i was a gunner but i worked you know i worked really hard because that's the clinics and the clinics is where i shined anyway like i i wasn't ever a gunner on the front row during the didactic spawn clinics i loved it i loved actually being hands-on so i I remember during that ob rotation these these um ob residents were so mean to me because i was going to be a family doctor in ob and one time um uh, I played basketball a lot with some of the doctors. The attendings in that town had a basketball league. They played twice a week, and I used to w- go play with them. And, man, I sprained my ankle super bad one night. And, like, my ankle was just huge, swollen, dark purple all the way down my foot and all that. You can hardly walk on it. And I had to be, you know, making rounds at 4.30 the next morning, getting ready for all that day's inductions and all that. And I got to the hospital early, and I didn't want to use a crutch or something because, again, you know, you can't show any. You can't show no. weakness like no. at all. And this was just a basketball injury. It's not like anything that had to do whatsoever with medicine or, right, right. but there's no weakness. And so like I got there and I'm making rounds before the residents get there. And you know how hospitals all have those big uh, um, uh, railings down the 
every hallway, every and everywhere you go in a hospital, there's a railing. You were walking by. So I'm walking along. I'm walking <laughs> along using the railing to take some of the weight off my ankle because it's just so swollen and painful. And I'm walking along, oh, and, and these two residents, these two female residents that are pretty hard on me, they come around the corner, and I immediately stand up and I act like I'm not hurting. But like when your ankle's that badly sprained, it's it's hard to walk normally and not right, show. Right some of the pain and i mean i was hurt so bad and they're that's like amazing. what's wrong with you amazing and i'm like nothing. to do that yeah I'm, they're like what's what's your problem you're limping i'm like no no i'm fine you know I'm not. Just like, yeah, like, and, and i did it you know i did the whole eight week rotation and at the end of it i mean i think i proved myself they they gave me an a and you know pat me on right. the back and said you know strong work or whatever so, you know so it's not they weren't i don't think they were bad people like that surgery resident they were just they didn't like that turf battle between family and, and OB. No, my guy, my guy was a, a bad guy. I mean, he was just yeah, exactly. like, he, he, yeah. he, totally, he totally wanted to show uh, that he was a tough guy and then he had control, but, and, and, and yeah. you know what? I got it. That so during the rotation, I sucked it up. It was, it was, he yeah. really tried to torture me. It's after the rotation where I'm done yeah. with you. Yeah. That, right. yeah, you and I, that. and I, literally would have threw fisticuffs at this guy if he even made a move more. I, I didn't care. I was stupid enough that, you know, I'm a young, I'm, I'm literally out of the boxing world one, three years. Yeah. What do I care? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't know anything. I really, seriously, so the guy thing, getting anger therapy probably should have, but that's why the placebo journal occurred. But, uh, yeah. so, <laughs> but I think, you know, it's weird. It is what it is. Um, I think part of that's being young and, and we have our own, our own stubbornness and our own, yeah. I mean, think about it. We're DPC doctors, right? We, we yeah. bucked the system. We, re, we, we rebel, we, we were rebels. We rebelled against the system that we do have that stubbornness and pride streak, but there's, it's a different type of pride than this. Just I'm better than everyone else type of thing. We, I think we have the humility where it matters, but at the same time as we stand up for what's right. And, and I think you standing up to that guy uh, after the rotation, you know, you 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 could have gotten big trouble for that. I mean, you went to the dean's I office and you didn't have school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you could have been easily. Yeah. Yeah. And I know stories that a lot of other doctors have told me of similar things where they they almost cost them some decision they made like that almost cost them their entire career. Correct. And with me, like it that surgery rotation, me standing up to that attitude on the very first day made my life an absolute hell. Like for months. Well, hopefully, and, they get the lesson. You know, I I, I think you. I think we can all assume that, you know, downstream, um, let's just think about it. A person like that, what's their life really like? Yeah, no, I get it. They, they, well, these are. They're not happy yeah, people. They're, pers they're socially, you know, socially have inept and, uh, and this is their whole life. And, yeah. and this strokes yeah. their ego, like you said, dude, go on. I'll, I'll circle back to what you just said. That's what the journal was. It was a pushback on the system. The stories are funny yeah. in the stories, but you know, the stuff we did, uh, to, to mock, I'll talk about what we did to Cigna one time. I'll talk about, uh, Cigna. some of these. Yeah. Cigna. Right. I mean, the, the stuff on the parodies on, uh, the health, the, the health insurance companies do. I just saw on LinkedIn, some guy praising because he works as a consultant, how Blue Cross is uh, acquiring all these fast med urgent care clinics, which will be they'll be owning the doctors. It's, I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, horse shit. That's I literally wrote a horse shit. Insurance companies shouldn't be owning doctors. That's employing right. doctors. There's no way that's ethical, appropriate or good for the patient in any way. 
Did right. anybody else say this? No. You have these people, you know, patting, you know, stroking their e this person's ego because he's very high up in Blue Cross or wherever he is. It's like, dude, someone's got to say something. And I don't care anymore. I'm retired. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I got away with the placebo journal for being employed when I was for 20 years. Um, and and the sickness almost got me fired. So we'll do that another time. That was, that was, that actually went to yeah. lawyers. Um, I remember but, that one. I, yeah, I remember that you, that's the same thing. It's like, you're going to just say what's true. Yeah. And you're not going to be apologetic for because like it's not like these are opinions. I'm just putting facts out there. And yeah. but but we were funny you, you facts. Step on big toes, you know. <laughs> you step on very big toes. Dude, these are some funny facts. So let me just tell you that there was an AP story about that. So Associated Press story about my attack from the placebo journal on on Cigna. Mm -hmm. So uh all right, we'll talk about that another time. You want to sum up anything? I don't know. I'm good, man. It was a a good topic today. Yeah. Uh, I, I will good. tell yeah. in, I don't know how many people are listening to this, but I'm working on something. I've, I've told you a little bit about this. It's going to be a few uh, weeks or even months till this comes out. But I have got a friend who uh, is uh, a, prior, uh, a PA, a physician assistant. She's been working inside. She worked at a DPC that was a growing DPC uh, that was a pure DPC model working with a lot of employers and ultimately sold out to one of the big ones, which sold out to the biggest one. Yes, I know And that, they yeah. are nothing resembling DPC anymore. And this PA is so burned out that um, they reached out to me with all the details. And I'm in the middle of a, I've got a second interview with them coming up. I'm going to write a whole expose on it. It's going to show, it's going to be, it's going to be massive. In my opinion, to just show what happens whenever a DPC um, loses track of why they did what they did. Like when they just start going after money, it's yeah. out of the frying pan into the fire. And this, this case is just. It demonstrates it so good. So anyway, it's a long kind of process uh, right. going through this. And, well, we'll um, look forward to that anyway, in the DPC news. Yeah, yeah, be yeah good. we'll put it in DPC news. It may be months away, but it's going to be awesome. All right. I will talk to you probably next week. Yeah. See you. See you. Take man. care, man. Good talk. Yep.